Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I thought I was wrapping up talking about your love walk last uh, two Wednesdays, but I'm not finished. I have a little bit more, and I only have two points, but there's a whole lot of stuff in between, but it's going to be good. So let's jump in, turn to Ephesians 3.16. So the reason I was talking about this was because on a Monday night, a few weeks ago in prayer, the Lord started talking to me about to begin praying out um, that it's important that we have one accord and we have unity as a body for the flow of the Spirit. And it's important that we're together. He can move in ways when we're together um, that, that he can't move if we have division, strife, we have all kinds of crazy things going on. He's just not going to be able to do what he wants to do. And we want God to do what he wants to do. Amen. And so we don't want to have any of that. And, and the number one way to have one accord and have unity is for the body to be walking in love all together. Amen. So tonight what I have for you is practical love walk tips. I love practical. Uh, Reddit has a thread and it's it's called Explain It Like I'm Five. <laughs> and that is so for me. Whoever thought that up, I'm like, I love that. Just make it so simple that I know exactly what to do. And, and I love to find out how things work. You know how they have that show, like how it's made? Has anybody ever watched that? Like, it's super, super cool. Like, I say they could be showing how a Snickers bar is made. Like, I'd be all about it. I would be glued to that TV. And then at the end of it, I would be convinced that I could do it myself. Like, I'm just that kind of person. Like, oh, apocalypse happens, you know, 2020 happens again. I'm going to be making my own Snickers bars because I saw it on TV and now I know how. But I love, I love practical. I love to find out, you know, what are the, not that there's formulas, but. There are steps and things that you can do that are important. And so I just want to bring it really practical tonight. And I only have two points. The first one is strengthen your inner man. And we did touch on this last week, so I'll be kind of brief on that. You need to strengthen your inner man if you're going to walk it out and you're going to walk in love. Amen? Ephesians 3.16. And actually... You, the way that you strengthen your inner man is with love scriptures, specifically. If you're struggling in that area, that's where you need to go. And I think everybody here knows that. But we're going to bring it real practical. Ephesians 3.16, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Might be strengthened with, it's just power and ability. He's saying, you need to pray 
We pray the Ephesians prayers. You need to pray these to be strengthened. Paul wrote this. You need to pray to be strengthened because you will get weak. It's something that's going to happen. And he knew what he was talking about. He said, you're going to be weak. So you need to pray to be strengthened, first of all. But then you need to be strengthened on what the Word of God says that you have. Amen? So here's some love scriptures to help strengthen us in our love walk area. Because when you, you know, if you go to the gym and you want to strengthen your arms, you're not going to go get on the leg lift thing. You're going to get on specifically what you need. You're going to go grab those barbells or that, I don't know what any of it's called. (laughs) This is Steve's department. The thing that you pull down, you're going to go specific to what you need. And so write these down because you know you and you know when you're struggling in this area. So 1 Corinthians 13, the super, super obvious one. Ephesians 5.1. Ephesians 4.15. And I read all these last week. That's why I'm not reading them tonight. And Matthew 18, 6. And that's the one, that's, that's the scary one about the stumbling blocks. <laughs> we don't want to put stumbling blocks in front of anyone. Amen. We don't take advantage of people's Christianity and do whatever we want and say, well, you just need to walk in love. It doesn't work that way. We're better than that. Amen. So part of strengthening your inner man that's very important, is protecting it through watching out what enters your mind. Certain Philippians 4.8. Super, super important. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, he's telling you, meditate on these things. Meditate on them. And I was just talking to someone last week about this, and they were struggling, and I said, you know what? I said, I pulled out that scripture, and I said, write down like five things that fit all of this. And I said, be careful because there might be things that are true, but they're not lovely. So you have to make sure that it qualifies. I said, write it down. And when your mind starts going places that you know it shouldn't, pull it out and look at it. Say, oh yeah, I'm going to think about this. It's my mind and I'm going to tell it what to do. And I'm going to make sure it's doing the right thing. This is important for your love walk. Because the enemy, his MO is to distract us and to fill us up with stuff so that when we have an opportunity to choose to walk in love, we don't because we don't have the strength to do it. And why? Why? Listen, you're strengthening something all the time. You're either strengthening your flesh Or you're strengthening your inner man. And it's a choice. How many times have you ever just let something fly out of your mouth and it was awful? And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe I said that. You weren't strengthening your inner man. 
if you strengthen your inner man with these scriptures and meditate on what's right, you will have the strength. Because I'd say 90% of walking in love is zipping it and keeping your mouth shut. I'm serious. It really, really is. It's not, yes, you can say things that are terrible, um, and, and it's, it, things just fly out. But sometimes just, just keeping your mouth shut, you know, can be really hard. But you have the tools and the ability to strengthen yourself. Amen? So why was Paul telling us this? Because he'd been there. Paul had a mandate. He had a job straight from the Lord Jesus himself. And things were tough for him. They were really, really tough. I mean, he could have been like road raging every day, donkey raging, I don't know what you want to call it, (laughs) camel raging, boat rager, you know, he was getting shipwrecked, he was getting beat, and he knew what he was talking about. This is someone who'd been there, so don't think you can't relate. He absolutely knew. So it's super important what we let in what we let in our minds, what we roll around up here in our heads, it's super, super important. You know, God gave us powerful, powerful minds. And it's kind of like reaping and sowing. There's two sides. And he wanted us to use our minds to be able to make powerful choices and have the capability to do so. And he's given us the tools to do so and to use it in the right way. But we have to choose to use it in the right way by meditating on what's right, staying away from what's wrong. How many times your mind, how many times some, some kind of drama happened or some kind of event and you just can't get your mind off it? It's like, I can't stop thinking about that. It just keeps coming up. Your mind is so powerful, and it wants to grab on to drama. It wants to grab on to something and hold on to it, and it can be things that aren't great. That's why it's super, super important that we have to renew our minds. Turn to Romans 12, too. And I love these scriptures. I love the verbiage in them. None of, the, none of these words, none of the words in the word of God are just accidental. They're so powerful. They're so specific, so direct. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen, do not be conformed. What is conformed? To shape oneself to another's pattern. Do not conform to someone else's pattern. Do not conform to what the world is telling you. Do not do it. Do not shape yourself. In English, the word conform means to comply, to act in accord or harmony with. He's saying don't do it. Do not do it. To act in accord or harmony with a standard or... Adapt behavior to surroundings. He's saying, do not shape yourself like this world. Don't do it. He said, be transformed. 
Transform means to change in form, appearance, or structure, like a metamorphosis, to change in condition, nature, or character. How many of y'all know what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says? We are new creations. We are new. We have been transformed. We aren't the same person anymore. And so it says, don't shape yourself into this world's pattern, but be changed. Be changed. Be changed into the condition of who you really are. Remember who you are. And you do this because you will forget. You do it by renewing of your mind. And you have to do it. So, when I started reading the Ephesians prayers, um, when I first got in fellowship with the Lord in my 20s, I didn't know anything. I hadn't moved down here. I wasn't in church, but I had a Brother Hagen book. And he said, and I'm like, well, this guy knows more than I know that you should read the Ephesians prayers. And he's like, I read them like a thousand times. And then, like, everything changed for him. And I'm like, I worked for him. And he wrote a book. He must be really special and famous. So, Because <laughs> I was reading anything and everything by anybody. But thank God the right books were actually in our library at my home. So anyway, um, I was reading these scriptures, and I didn't even know that much about the Bible. You know, I didn't understand exactly even what I was reading. But I just started reading them, and I started confessing them. And after a little while, I started to become strengthened. And I didn't, even, I didn't even make the connection right away. But now looking back, I'm like, my walk with God just started exploding. I started seeing him everywhere where I hadn't seen him before. I started understanding things in the word that were just so foreign to me. And I was renewed. See, my inner man was like jumping for joy every time I read. But my mind was like, I'm not so sure. But I was renewing my mind and bringing it along with what's real on the inside of me and who I am and who God really created me to be as a new creation. I had to renew my mind. And things really, really changed for me when I began to strengthen my inner man, like it says in Ephesians. So number two, so number one, we strengthen ourselves. Number two, you have to understand what the real definition of love is. How many of y'all have heard some crazy, crazy definitions of love in the last, say, three or four years? Love is love. We've all heard that. Don't act like you haven't heard that. I'm just going to accept that you all are taking notes, okay? That's why you're all being so quiet. So, and we did touch on this just a little bit last week. So the first thing I'm going to talk about what it's not, what love is not. And I did touch on this. It's not a feeling. Remember Ephesians 5, 2? He would have said, and feel in love as Christ just felt so much love for us. <laughs> and he did it. He, very, he was very specific. He said, walk in love. He's saying, walk it out. Because <laughs> you're not going to feel it. Walk it out and walk in love. It is not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. 
1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Does not envy. Does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity. But rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. This is love. It believes all things. Hopes all things. And endures all things. Listen. Feelings can't suffer long. (laughs) Or very long at all. Feelings can't endure all things. Your choices can. Your choices, when they line up with what God has put in your heart, can endure all things. Feelings are flighty, ever-changing. The word is not. Thank God. Now, feelings can be stirred up on a side note. And you can become passionate about something that's not even good for you. And the world says, well, if you're feeling it and you're feeling, you have intense feelings for something, that's love. That's the world's definition. And that's garbage. Because it's not a feeling. Listen, I, years ago, and we have the consequences of this, our cat. (laughs) So I got on Pinterest and I wanted the cat. And I'm looking at cats. And, you know, you can keep swiping and and searching, and I'm like, oh, this is the most beautiful cat, and it's amazing, you know. And I was, I got all stirred up. I had all kinds of feelings. What happened? We ended up getting the expensive cat. Did that mean it was love? Did that mean it was meant to be? Because every time I pulled up my phone, I'm like, oh, I love this cat. I'm so excited. No, I stirred up myself on, I got myself all excited about this cat. And Mia does the same thing. She'll start looking at little critters and little animals and looking at them online. And she's like, it's so cute, it's so cute, we need to have one of these. And I tell her, I'm like, just stop, (laughs) stop, nip in the bud, because I've been there and I've done it. Just don't meditate on it, because then you're going to want it. And it may not be the critter we need in our home. So we've had some. Yeah, yeah, one of them's, yeah, one, that cat's buried in the backyard. So <laughs> yeah, he didn't do so. He didn't make it so well. He, he was not the right thing. And actually, I kind of, looking back, I had, you know, I kind of had a witness like we shouldn't. But the lady was, like, offering him for free. So it's like, oh, okay, well, I feel really passionate about getting this cat. And now it's free. It just must be God. It doesn't mean anything. It it does not. I stirred my own feelings and passions up towards this. And once you get on that train, it's almost like nothing can stop it. (laughs) You're the only one that can stop it. And you have to. So you have to be careful. Feelings, your feelings are not you. And this is big. Your feelings are not you. It's not your heart and it's not you. If you focus on doing what's right, you focus on following God, you focus on following God's word, your feelings will follow. They're meant to follow. You're not to be led by your feelings on anything ever. will steer you wrong 
almost every time. You know, the world's definition of love is definitely a feeling. When I looked it up, it said an intense, intense feeling, passionate feeling for someone or something. And, you know, the world will define what love should look like in Hollywood. And then even Christian movies. I've watched, we were watching something the other day, and the whole family's sitting around the table, and they're just, like so happy and like everything's so perfect and and they're just like I love you honey and they're like kissing each other and and I was like this is such a like Hollywood family idea and this is exactly like you you don't have a real marriage if this is your marriage isn't exactly looking like this and how many of you know like people are comparing their marriage to stuff they see on TV and stuff they see in movies. And that is not reality. I know people passionately in love with one another. Amazing marriages and families. And they don't look like what you see in the movies. They don't. You cannot, you cannot go by the world's definition of love. You have to go by God's definition. So we talked about what it's not. Let's talk about what it is. And I'm right back again to 1 Corinthians 13 because it kind of is perfect. So 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Number one, I said love suffers long and is kind. So love suffers long. And I've broken this down into eight points here of this, just of the scripture. Number two, it does not envy. Love is confident. You're not missing out on anything. You don't need to envy. You don't need to envy someone else's relationship, what someone else has. Love doesn't do that. Love says, you know what, Holy Ghost? You are enough. You are always enough for me. Always enough. It doesn't envy. It Three, love does not parade itself and is not puffed up. Love lifts up someone else. Takes the time to lift up someone else. Number four, it does not behave rudely. It behaves kindly, even when you don't feel like it. (laughs) That's love. It's not feelings. It behaves kindly when you don't feel like it. Number five, does not seek its own. It seeks the betterment of others. Or the group overall. That's love. Number six. Is not provoked. It remains calm. And we call this in the school poking the bear. (laughs) I worked in behavior in the school. And we'd have to. We get the radio call. The kids flipping out in the classroom. And we'd have to go in and get the kid. And we go in. And we start working with the kid. And. There, we, we de-escalate the situation. And we get, them, we get them, you know, hey, what's going on? You know, we talk to them. We don't just go in and snatch them out in a rage. It, just, it doesn't work. It's not effective. We go in. We take them aside. We talk to them. And I don't know how many times we get them de-escalated. We get them calm. They want to come talk to us. And 90% of these kids are in, from horrible homes. And we get them calm. And then the teacher's like, 
we start walking out, like we're getting somewhere with the kid. I mean, like a kid who's been, I mean, I've gone in a classroom and the whole class is in the corner huddled like this because the kid was like throwing the water bottles. And you know, there's a lot of metal water bottles or room, you know, classrooms that have had to be completely cleared because it wasn't safe, like that kind of a situation. We get the kid calmed down, so we're, we're going to take them out so they can resume classes, find out what's going on. We're about, the kid's like, okay, you know, I'll go with you, and they're calm. And then the teacher's like, are you going to finally behave? Are you going to straighten up now? And then the kid, I mean, poking the bear. And then the kid's right back at it in a rage, and he's just, and then he's like, and then we can't get him out of the classroom, and we're like, oh, we had this. Just let us handle this. So anyway, that's what I thought of when I read this. It is not provoked. It doesn't poke the bear. And if if you're the bear, you don't go crazy. How about that? (laughs) You stay calm, and you watch watch your lips, watch your tongue, watch what you're going to say. So number seven, thinks no evil. Love thinks good of others. But there's a side note on this one. So it thinks good of others, but it's not in denial. There's times when you're going to have to deal with things and deal with issues. You have to take care of business. You don't just ignore and say and make excuses for someone who's doing something that they're not supposed to be doing over and over and over and then not dealing with it. You can deal with issues and do it respectfully and in love. Amen? You can totally do it. You can have complete disputes and discussions and do it in a loving way. You know, years ago, you might feel like, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Well, the truth is they're responsible for their feelings, not you. If you're doing it God's way, God will handle it, and he will help when you deal with it in love. But you're not responsible for their feelings. If you have to deal with something, you do it in love. And years ago, we had, they're not here anymore, but we had someone working in a department, and they showed up late all the time. Not all the time. 90% of the time. And it was, you know... People were patient, and they're like, well, you know, maybe it's their job. And everyone was loving and gave them some grace. The department director was giving them grace. And then, then I was told how much it was happening. I'm like, oh, you know, this isn't good. So I'll talk to the person and say, hey, what's going on? You know, is there something else we need to do? And then the person got to the place where it just kept continuing. They even got to the place where they lied about it. They came in and they're like, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was so late. The traffic was just so bad after getting off work. And I'm like, okay. Then like five minutes later, their teenager came in and I was like, oh, I heard you guys got stuck in traffic. Like, I, I mean, I didn't, there was no reason. I didn't think she was lying. I had no reason to think so. I said, oh, I heard you guys got stuck in traffic. And the teenager's like, we were shopping. We were at the mall. We weren't stuck in traffic. And I'm like... Are you kidding me? Like, (sighs) so long story short, (laughs) uh, they couldn't get this under wraps. And I'm like, this is not cool. And we're making excuses for this person. And they're just getting worse. They've devolved into lying about it. 
about in serving in the department of church. I'm like, this isn't good. So um, anyway, we, we had to remove him from the department. But, um, you know, I, I couldn't let it continue. That's not love for everyone else in the department. They're suffering. The department director had to constantly scramble. Oh, I got to find somebody to cover. They would find somebody or she would step in and have to cover until they got there. And it was a constant thing. And, you know, I could have just continued to make, oh, you know, maybe this is going on and that's going on. No, it was hurting the whole group. And I could have dealt with it in an unloving way or a loving way. And I dealt with it in a loving way. I didn't say, hey, I know you lied, you big jerk, you know. (laughs) I just... (laughs) I just said, this, you know, this isn't really working for you. You know, once you were able to come back on time, maybe you can, you know, get back in the department. Anyway, they didn't stay much longer. They pretty much bolted. They didn't come back to church. And then I find them on Facebook, like, a couple months later, and, and talking about how they love their new church. And then someone on there is like, oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you get to use your gift at this church now. And I'm like. Like, what gift was that? The gift of being late? <laughs> like, like, are you serious? <sighs> so then I was testing my love walk. <laughs> so anyway. Love rejoices in others. It thinks good of others. Yay, you're at that other church. Go for it. I believe that she got things turned around. I don't know. It rejoices in the growth of others. That's number eight. It says, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. It rejoices in others. It rejoices in the growth of others. And finally, finally, love bears all things, believes and hopes and endures. Love never, never fails. If you ever get into a situation and you don't know what to do, right there, love, it never fails. Let it be your default. Always, always, always. You can, you can talk to people. You can have arguments. You can have disputes. But you can still do it in love. You can get things done. You can make progress. Have communication. But always default to love. Always, 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 always. And like I said earlier, be aware. Be aware of what is in your mind. Because if you're just filling it with the distractions, the enemy, he wants to distract you all day long. Your phone is blinging. It's like, look at this email. You know, look at this new thing on, I don't know, on Pin- new cat on Pinterest. Look at this, whatever. If you're just constantly, and that's all you're doing, you are strengthening your flesh. There's nothing in there, pretty much nothing in there, that's going to strengthen your inner man. You, and then you wonder, well, why did I lose my cool? Because you didn't strengthen. You have to strengthen. If Paul said, you have to do this, we have to do this. (laughs) It's not just automatic. Well, I'm born again. I'm a new creation in Christ. It's just going to come out. It's not. And he's just making it plain. It is not. You have to remember and meditate on these love scriptures. Amen. 
At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.